promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hating, hated by men and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of deeds done by us in righteousness, but in virtue of his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal in the Spirit, which he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the epistle text that is actually for uh, Christmas Day, the, the text that that would be happening if we had a like a sunrise service for Christmas Day or a regular service for Christmas Day based on the on the one year lectionary. Uh, but I'll just tell you right now, it's probably the most definitive text for me, both as a Christian and as a pastor, because I can rem- I can remember the day vividly. Uh, my wife and I were members, well, we weren't members, we were attending uh, Brian Baptist Church in Burnsville, Minnesota. And uh, we had helped found a young marrieds class there. I was helping lead worship, uh, doing a lot of things. And we were in a class once, uh, and we were reading through some of the epistles, doing some different things in our, in our class. And I came across this passage in Titus. I think that was, it was around this time that I had started committing to, to reading through the Bible uh, once through every year, if not more. Uh, now it's basically the Old Testament once, the New Testament twice every year, and the Psalms probably three times a year. Um, and I came to this text, and it was almost like I had never read it before. I had never understood any of it before until finally it was like a lightning bolt that hit me. Because I can remember I was in a place in which I was all about condemnation. I was all about wanting to go up to somebody and saying, have you kept the Ten Commandments? No, well, you're going to hell. That, that was where I was. And then I came across this text where it begins in verse 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures. We, are, we ourselves were in this place of sin placing myself there as two, as, as one who, who uh, is foolish. <laughs> How often is it that we want to admit that we're fools, that we're foolish, disobedient, one who does not listen, led astray, taken off into to various passions and pleasures in which we get enslaved to, that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves, passing our days in malice, and envy. I love that word envy. Passing our days in covetousness. 
passing our days in a way in which we, we look at the world and we say, what I have right now, what God has given me is not good enough, but what he has given Bob next door, well, that's just no fair. I deserve to have what Bob has, so I'm going to take it. This envy, this covetousness, hated by men and hating one another, where this hatred works within us. Don't we see that today in our culture? When was the last time you got a beer with someone of a different political persuasion and you were just friends, just good friends, and you didn't care that they voted for the wrong person? When was the last time that we actually had our politicians uh, be silly together and have fun together uh, across the aisle? When was the last time that we were not characterized by red or blue? Characterized by what bumper stickers we have on our car, characterized by what hats we wear, characterized by uh, whether we wear a mask or not, whether we got a shot or not. When was the last time this happened? This development of hatred in our country is, is an absolute sign of the necessity of Christmas. I preached about this on Sunday. The most Christmassy thing we can do is to realize that we are not Jesus, but he came for us because he had to. Why? Well, this text tells us. This text explains all of the gospel for you, and the gospel is not about creating a utopia here. The gospel is not about fixing your neighbors or fixing your spouse or anything like that. The gospel is about the fact that we are all screwed without Jesus, but something happened. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, when Christ came into the world, born of a virgin, born under the law, he came that he might free those born under the law, that they might be adopted as sons, Galatians 4, 4, and 5. When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. He saved us. Matthew 1, he's going to save his people from their sins, from their hatred, from their envy, from their strife, from their slander, from their going astray, from their foolishness, from their disobedience. He's going to save them, not because of deeds done by us in righteousness, or I believe the NIV or the ESV, one or the other says, not because of, of good things done by us, but in virtue of his own mercy, but because of his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal in the Holy Spirit. Notice what God is doing here, right? Notice what God is doing here. But in virtue of his own mercy, because he's merciful. By the washing of regeneration and renewal in the Holy Spirit. By washing you clean. By washing those sins away by taking the very things that you were afraid that people might know about you, the things that you really want to deny about yourself, he actually takes those away. He doesn't care. He doesn't need you to hide those things. He knows where they are and he's going to wash them away and he's going to renew you through the Holy Spirit. We, we call that being born from above or born again, right? John 3, rebirth, new life in him, which he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. He poured it out upon us. We didn't take it from him. We didn't earn it. He poured it on us. How? Through Jesus Christ. So as Christ comes into the world in that manger, 
He comes into the world not for the sake of some nice hallmark story. Something is actually coming. His, God's mercy is embodied in that child, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And he's coming to pour out his mercy upon you, to pour out the Holy Spirit, to pour out regeneration and renewal, pour out repentance. He's going to repent you. He's going to turn you back to God through his work. All we have to do is hear his voice speaking to us that says, repent for the kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. It's right now. Turn and believe the gospel, he says. Turn and trust in the good news that all your sins are washed away and you can't do anything about it. And through that comes an absolute desire to love him, to want to serve him, to cherish him, to, to sing that, that chorus from O Come, All Ye Faithful. O Come, let us adore him. Let us adore him for the work that he has done for making us right with him so that we might be justified by his grace, declared righteous by his grace. That's what justified means, that, that, that we might find the, the justifying uh, reality of the world, that, that we're always, all of us are wanting to try and pursue the uh, justifying aspect of our own story. We, we want to be declared righteous. We want our own righteousness. We want to be righteous. We want to be right. We want to be uh, on the right side of things. And that's what gets us in trouble. But here we are told that this justification, this righteousness comes by his grace, meaning by gift, not to be earned, but given freely. And through that, we become heirs of the hope of eternal life. We're written into the will so that even when death comes calling, and we take our last breath on earth, we know through this hope that we will live again because Christ has given that to us. That is why he was born into the world, that's why he dies, and that's why he rises again to defeat death, that he might grant to us the resurrection to eternal life because the wages of sin is death. Death comes to us to prove that we are not God. But then God comes to us to prove that he's merciful to defeat death and to raise us up, to remove from us that curse that we might be his forever. May that be so among us. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech the Almighty God that the new birth of thine only begotten Son in the flesh may set us free who are held in the old bondage of the, under the yoke of sin the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you tomorrow uh, with a Christmas Eve edition of Gospel Friday. God bless.